3: Beam me aboard. Energize. Energizing. Kirk to transporter room. Report.
1: Transporter Room 3, with your hosts, Phil Parello and Scott Calora.
2: Welcome back to another installment of Transporter Room 3. Mr. Scott, how you doing, man?
1: I'm good, Phil. We have a special guest with us. We do. Ken Riley is back from TrekCore, our favorite Star Trek website. Yep, accurate.
5: All right, well, hey guys, how you doing today? I'm uh, glad to be here. Kind of feels like I've been... Working on that uh, remote station, Aquiel worked on here with all this <laughs> work from home isolation. <laughs> 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 Whoa. station. That's right. This is the one and only aquio <laughs> reference here. We're gonna get.
1: I'll tell you, Jordy gets, ser- got seriously short, or got he got shafted basically in this season. Right, considering it was so so much mm-hmm. of it was about his best friend. It's like no one even mentions him really, or like
5: I didn't even think of that. Well, maybe it's one of those things where he th- he they're his best friend, but he's not their best friend. <laughs> it seems like it, doesn't it? <laughs>
1: okay, so we're going to talk about the the uh, the big Picard season finale, and then uh, we also have uh, the Picard showrunner Michael we will we'll beam in at the end to t- talk a little bit about the season and how things went down. But first, let's talk reader mail. Uh, this is from Bill. He said in regard to Alton Sung and his resemblance to Noonian Sung remember that in Enterprise Brent Spiner played Eric Noonian Sung who turned Sorry. out to be an ancestor of Noonian. he was also mm. a ta- talented gen- geneticist at the end of the augments which is i think the episode right from uh, or the yeah i guess it's the episode of, of um it was a three-parter wasn't it if i remember correctly yeah
5: yeah it was um, one of those part of the uh, the the fourth season there yeah
1: right He mused that cybernetics might be a better approach for the betterment of mankind, but it might take a few generations. He might've done something to um, his own genes to skew his offspring towards talents suited for cybernetics, but also had the side effect of making them all look exactly alike. So Mm. Bill's, was he's replying to um, comments I think we made last week about like, you know, it's like Jack Jack Tripper from Three's Company episode where he's like- identical twin cousin shows up or something like you know like usually like your child is not an exact (laughs) duplicate of you you know that's not really how it works so what do you think that's an interesting theory that he's he messed with his own genetics and it kind of uh created offspring who are sort of maybe not clones but almost genetic duplicates of each other could be what do you think
5: yeah, it would be out of line. I mean, only because the character was, you know, a crazy, you know, like a follower of Khan and all the augments and genetic perfection, so. Makes right,
1: sense. yeah. I actually just saw, uh, saw an image. It might have been on TrekCore, actually. Did, uh, Phil, did you just, you sent me a batch of pictures from TrekCore uh, last week. Was one of them of the augments,
2: maybe? Oh, yeah, from a... Um... When Spiner was on that, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
5: Even production stills in the in the the uh, galleries that we have, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because I was noticing, like, why the like I understand why like the Khan's followers are all dressed in like rags, or their clothes all have like holes in them and stuff in right. Wrath, Wrath of Khan. But like the Augments dress like Khan also, and it's like they weren't stuck on City Alpha for thirty years. Like I don't know, they could probably dress more nicely instead of having wearing rags the way Khan's followers do. Um,
5: if I if I remember right, I think Soong was like almost like how uh, this new Soong raised up the androids here. He raised, he like stole them and raised them all by himself on some remote planet somewhere.
1: Oh, okay. That so... explains the rags. Okay.
5: <laughs> well, you know, the, the future looked very different in 2004 too, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, thanks for writing, Bill. That's an interesting theory. Could be. Could be. Uh, the, I think the real answer is just we want to just keep Brent Spiner acting in Star Trek too, right? That's
2: I support that's awesome. that too.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. So l- let's talk about the uh, the big finale. What do you guys think of it?
2: I thought I really, really liked that six minute scene between Picard and Data. As that, that is some as fan fiction goes. I think that's like the best version of it. I think that's one of the, the most emotional scenes Star Trek's ever done. I yeah. really, uh, the uh, the season was worth getting through for that scene, and yeah. for Picard, that, just to get, you know, just matter of fact vulnerability with "I love you too," just to say that, like that's, yeah. that's pretty good
5: stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of liked it as well. I mean, it kind of boiled the season down to getting Data's soul off to heaven, I guess, right, basically. Yeah. Um, it kind of would have been nice, I think, if we knew his soul was in purgatory for 20 years before the last <laughs> 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, or or if maybe if uh, Soji had an opportunity to interact with him at all, in, in, even in the little holodeck s- sequence or, or fantasy sequence, whatever it was. But um, yeah, I, have to, I agree with you, Phil. I think it was emotionally good and a nice way to sort of f- fix the sort of sudden death of data in Nemesis after all this time.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Which is interesting because Spiner, you know, wrote the, co-wrote the story for Nemesis, right? So they're we're sort of like fixing his his mistakes to a certain degree with this.
5: Right. And I think he's been on record, you know, saying that he did he really didn't want to undo Data's death and all that stuff, make it for real. This is just, I guess, you know, a, sort of a coda to 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 that. So I'm good. Yeah, with that, for buddy. sure.
1: Yeah, and Shea, when Shabon comes on later, he talks a little bit about that, and how like essentially Spiner, yeah, didn't want to undo the death, and uh, so it's, it seems like there were certain conditions for Spiner to come back. Like essentially, he can do what Data. Told you? Yeah. But more or less, he didn't, you, he didn't say there were conditions, but I think maybe he says guidelines. Listen to the interview. Listen, I know you guys are going to sit and listen to the whole interview at the end of this episode before we go to the red shirt. So we'll we'll find out then. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you guys. I thought that was the, I thought the data scene is it a six minute scene, I guess. It, I thought that was the best thing in the episode. And uh, maybe. Second best.
5: What Riker, was
2: the first? That, that I mean I would say that the best is that scene, but the second best is Riker's Lean in that command chair.
5: <laughs> he was at a full forty five degree angle right there with
2: yeah, He was he was, you know, Battle Bridge Riker from Best of Hope Worlds, and I was here for it.
1: <laughs> he really cleaned up nice too after when he was Pizza Riker, right? When he was a lot his more his beard was a lot more like overgrown and like he right. was kind of wearing the baggy like uh, you know semi like uh jedi robe type thing with baggy <laughs> clothes and, uh, right. and i was looking real trim in that uniform he really was
2: i uh, i wonder what the reaction was to the crew when uh he assumed temporary command was it, <laughs> was it uh, the pizza guy <laughs> <laughs> we're leading every ship ever made
1: yeah well, with, with the bearded pizza dude and where's the cat, where's the captain of that ship? Like, where did he wind up? Because like that kind of blows, right? Like this. Um, yeah. Big I, want that, it's like- I
2: want that shirt trick about what that captain did during that time.
5: <laughs> well, you know, actually I saw, um, kind of, uh, came to my attention over Twitter, but on uh, Facebook, I, either today or yesterday, the actress who plays, uh, Admiral Clancy, uh, yeah. Anne, Anne Magnusson, she, uh, was posting like on her Instagram that she was going to be in 110 in the finale. Oh. Uh, and yeah. then there's a comment she left that I'll, I'll send the image to you guys after the uh after the recording. They uh, where she says actually uh quote actually they reshot my scenes having Riker command the flagship. Uh and uh it was too bad cuz Clancy's showdown was so good.
1: Oh wow, interesting. I wonder now, when I, that happened.
5: Yeah, know. I mean, I can't uh, back that up with anything. It's just a comment, but I assume it's it's true if the actress is posting it.
1: Yeah, yeah. maybe the
5: uh, uh, interesting.
1: Yeah, maybe the positive reception that uh, the Riker Troy episode got. Um, they would have had that would have been pretty recent that they sh- would have had to shoot that. I guess I wonder
2: if the reshoots they were doing after the junket, like like that
1: next day. Oh, were they doing reshoots after the junket?
2: Yeah, just for a, a day or
5: two. Okay. Um, well, that was actually... Riker's stuff was actually filmed up on the Discovery Bridge set in Toronto. Yeah, they researched um, it, right? Yeah, so he must... he They must have got that when he was up directing for Discovery, because I think he's doing two or three episodes in three, season oh, cool. three. So they probably got him... You know, near the end of of production there in January or February would make sense yeah. was that the was that the disco bridge? Yes, it was it was Pretty sure. yeah, the wall behind him was actually the wall that's behind Arium's station, okay, it's sort of okay. off to the side they just kind of moved the captain's chair over
1: okay, okay, that makes sense okay yeah. i thought I thought that might have been a redress of the enterprise the Pike's enterprise, but mm. I guess you're right because there's a column or something on the. Riker's left hand right. side actually, yes. um, that's the giveaway, I think. Yeah, um, when
2: when Cheban told me that he wasn't on set that day for it, but that Frakes basically directed himself under mm-hmm. Goldsman's uh supervision,
1: okay. So, I mean, I, I get you know, maybe Goldsman was on Skype or something. <laughs> I don't
2: phoned <laughs> right? really in me because uh, when uh Goldsman told me that uh, uh, when he was working on the scene with Frakes, he told him that, uh, like Frakes said to him, you know, I, I wanted to tweak some lines and say it this way, do that. And at the end of it, he said, I don't have to direct you. I will never direct you again. Like, you're, you got this. You understand what you're doing. And he, yeah. he basically kind of like delivered the scene
5: himself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's basically, cool. it's basically one shot, also. Right. So,
5: right. Yeah his forward view to like the view screen was I'm pretty sure all digital but um the back was there, he put out actually some set photos from him filming that uh, on his his own um social media yesterday. Oh
2: freaks it? Brakes oh cool. I
1: yeah.
5: have to take a look at
1: that. I'm sorry as he he then spill the beans on that before the episode uh-huh. aired.
2: <laughs> it's such a badass yeah. moment for him to uh show up like it was a I I I actually you know I was like yeah when when I first watched it it's a, it's a nice surprise because you're wondering who's going to be on that bridge.
5: Unfortunately, I thought it was the surprise was a little ruined because again, you know, I guess they didn't work out their deal with the guild. So the uh credit was in the opening title sequence. Mm. Oh, so if you watched it, oh. you kind of knew he was some, he was, he was going to show up at some point.
1: I actually purposely skipped the opening credits on this one because I'd, I'd learned from past, you know, from past experience that they were blowing these surprises in the opening credits, uh, and because i think i think jerry ryan showed up in the opening credits for, is she is she in the opening credits for the one where she beams in in the at the end yes yeah, so. it's weird that they, that they do that you would think that in the interest of the story they would
4: right.
1: you could somehow you know i know there's certain like guild rules or whatever but like um yeah it yeah. kind of ruins the surprise
5: yeah, they were able to take Michelle Yeoh's credit to the end when she showed up as the emperor for the first time. Okay, discovery, mm-hmm. um, but you know everybody else this year it seems tossed uh, yeah. up front except except for, Surtis. I was going to say <laughs> except for Marina, which seems really maybe she just doesn't have a great agent working on that front for him.
1: That yeah, that was like a that seemed like a weird like kind of kick in the pants, right? Like well, like just out of respect to the legacy of. The actress and the character and even to the fans just throw her up top with freaks come on freaks doesn't care like i don't know it's, yeah that's that was that seemed like an oversight that she got stuck she's stuck in the back back end of the credits with like you know romulan number three and stuff like that <laughs> it's like weird but uh yeah so no that the i thought the data stuff was really yeah it was really emotional i thought it was really well done and uh i you know it it all works in terms of like sort of the bigger themes of the season. I think like, you know, so, so much of the season is about let, you know, the idea of kind of letting go, I guess. And, you know, dealing with loss, like all, so many of these characters have, have of the characters of um, this season have, have had some kind of loss, you know, seven obviously had a loss and Riker and Troy lost their son and uh, Rios lost his captain and Agnes, you know, through by her own hand, lost her her mentor and her lover. So, you know, it, it seems like this show, this this season was about like coming to terms with that. And, you know, I guess uh, for whatever reason, Picard was never able to come to terms with it. And now he finally did. And I thought that really worked w- very well. Uh, but I felt the rest of the episode did not work so well. What did you guys think of all the non-Picard data stuff?
5: So I kind of have to agree. I thought there were a lot of shortcuts where a lot of really kind of probably important connective tissue to the story was either skipped over or cut down to just like a a line reading about something happening off screen. Right. um, Or just ignored completely, which did not really work for me. I kind of feel like they probably ended up running into the hard wall of where we expanded the first three episodes from two to three, but we can't go past 10 episodes in the end. Right. They really kind of, ended up with a, you know, a slinky pulled apart at the one end and still tight at the far end.
1: Right. Yeah. Like maybe it would have been better to save that extra episode for the end instead of, instead of kind of front loading the season the way they wound up doing. Uh, Cause every, every, every extra episode, I guess you're, you're paying, <laughs> paying Patrick Stewart another million dollars or whatever it is. Right. <laughs>
5: exactly. Well, and, and the stuff that they, you know, they've talked about adding that they filmed separately. They've talked a lot on uh, the Deadline um, Hollywood sort of official show podcast. Yeah, we don't um, talk about that here. No, that's okay. But the inf- inf- information uh, that that, um, the, that Alex Kurtzman has shared in certain places. Um, see, I'm giving you your edit right there. Uh, so I- information that Alex Kurtzman has shared in a couple of places and Akiva Goldsman, um, like the entire Mars intro with the attacks and the synths in 102 was filmed later and added in. Um, the raffi and uh, picard back in uniform flashback was added in later so all that stuff that they didn't realize until halfway through the season they needed up front you know uh, i hopefully that kind of stuff will be things they've learned and will take into season two for a little bit of better balance in the pacing
1: yeah for sure yeah that's interesting i
4: didn't know
2: that that was filmed later and then put back into episode two
5: yeah, I think some of the comments that the producers made were that, you know, we, we talked about this stuff like the attack on Mars for half the season, but we didn't really, you know, they talked, you know, it was tell, not show. And they realized there were things they had to show.
1: Mm, yeah. Right. Seems like a good idea. So I guess that's where may, maybe where the whole idea of like opening practically every episode with a flashback might've come from. Because it seems like the, your, these a lot of these examples are things that, things with that were the the sort of those first 5 minute flashbacks in episodes the Mars attack is in episode 2 i think and mm-hmm. the Rafi flashback is episode 3 so maybe that's where that that structure even came from to 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 include flashbacks in um almost right. i don't think every episode has a flashback but almost every episode does right
5: every episode except um the finale think... the f- finale 2 uh, right harder and Oh well, the premiere had the dream sequence with David on the yeah the premiere,
1: right? Yeah, so not really, not technically a flashback. Uh, So uh, the let's talk about seven of nine. Maybe what what? How did you guys feel about the way she was, her and the Borg were handled in this episode?
2: I I think the Borg, I I think they were, were they were underserviced. Overall, the, the Borg storyline was underserviced. We, ultimately, the the mystery on that Borg cube, the way that was stretched out, like the, what we learned from what took what like five six episodes to get to, we learned yeah. halfway through that, and there was. I I'm just wondering, like. I don't know if all that works without addressing, you know, the threat of the Borg Queen. She's still out there uh, in, in, implicitly. It's implied that she is. Why is that not a priority? I know he's running and gunning and bad people are going after him and he could die and he's got a ticking clock. But you'd think that would be something that w- they would look at. And also that the, the Borg cube is just left grounded yeah. on this alien yeah, I, planet. Uh, it, it, with, with drones aboard it and something happens off screen where seven is able to leave whatever's going on that board cube and join the crew for the final shot of the finale.
5: That's just, yeah, that was, that was one of my big sort of skip overs that I kind of really thought they needed to address. It felt like they cut like 20 minutes out of this, out of this finale. Yeah. Um. um uh, you know, uh, I mentioned before we started recording that um, Michael shabon has been doing fan Q&A interaction on his Instagram. And mm-hmm. someone did ask about, you know, what, what's up with the XBs or did we just leave them behind? And um, he, he mentioned that there was a, she- a scene, I believe he said it was a scene that was filmed, but they, quote, couldn't find a place in the final cut for it, where I guess Alton Sung in the XB, or Alton Sung in the synths, Bring the XBs into town to like try to integrate them into a one society, which makes a lot more sense than just forgetting about them. That's what right.
2: Shabon said was supposed to happen.
5: Uh, I, apparently they sh- they wrote and I believe he said that they did film it, but they couldn't find a way to fit it into the final edit. So maybe it'll be a deleted scene on the Blu-rays. Wow,
2: hmm. that's kind of cool. That's,
1: that's a, a cool choice. Yeah. It seems like there's. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder how much more of that kind of stuff is out there, right? Because there are a lot of a lot of questions you come out of this episode with, right? Where you just
5: Yeah, definitely.
1: Um so 7 is uh my thing about 7 specifically in this episode. Aside from the I, I as far as the Borg go and the Borg ship go, mm-hmm. it seems like they they were trying to uh they were trying to kind of like not just give you the obvious with the Borg, right? So like like you were, we were all expecting the Borg to act activate at some point and start assimilating people, and instead they eject them into space, right? Like, for that's maybe the yeah, biggest yeah. example. Uh,
5: right. They, yeah, I know they they were trying to you know subvert expectations, which makes sense. You know, you want to treat the board differently. Um, yeah. You know, every time you think it's going to activate, or it goes a, goes a different way, but yeah. I, I kind of thought at least by the finale they would at least have it do something. Yeah. yeah.
1: But they they really set you up in the I think it's the first part yeah. of uh, yeah, episode nine where they say like the weapons are the Borg weapons are active now or mm-hmm. something and it comes through the big the, through the um, the warp feet, uh, what's it
5: called the the, the, the transwarp uh, yeah conduit. transwarp
1: conduit. Um,
5: that was the coolest Borg thing all season I thought that was really cool
1: yeah. yeah and it's like you expect something to happen and it's like and it's a big letdown and then nothing and then you're like oh well they're setting it they're teeing it up for for the final episode and it's really it doesn't really go anywhere to the to the point where in the end even Seven of Nine seems to say uh, f- fuck the Borg because she just leaves her ex Borgs behind and gets on Picard's ship and takes off at the end like, it seems
4: like yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, right, Like, I'm assuming the ex-Borg are still down on the, pla- on the Android planet, right? Trying to get their ship up and running. She, she's just like, I'm out of here. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
5: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
3: No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest
5: registry.
1: But the scene where she's fighting Nerissa, you know, it's, it's a cool fight scene and all. But, like, it was hard for me to get invested in it because I like that the idea that she had a connection to Hugh uh, and that it's a revenge thing for her. But the fact is we never saw her on screen with Hugh. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to buy into that relationship. And we never saw her and Nerissa on screen together, if I'm not mistaken. Right. How does so, she know?
2: How does it, she know her?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well i mean yeah like and i guess you could say well Narissa did research on seven or something when seven came on board to save uh uh eleanor but it's like or maybe seven is just a notorious personality in that sector of space but she's a fenris ranger sure. or whatever yeah but like
5: because i think she uh, um rio seemed to know about her when she showed up oh yeah wow, that ranger
1: Right. Yeah. So she's kind of, she's like a galactic badass. So I, I get that, but it's just in terms of like characters interacting and that there being some kind of stakes in that final bad fight scene. It's like, it just felt to me like they were just trying to give Seven of Nine something to do. They had to dispose of Nerissa one way or the other. Uh, and it just I don't know. It just didn't felt like it didn't add up to much. I, I wish, I wish Jonathan Del Arco and Jerry Ryan had had a couple of scenes together earlier right. in the season. I think it would have done a lot for that.
2: I, I'm blanking on who does Hugh die in front of? Is it Elnor? Elnor, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, so, you don't have any scenes together. Other, yeah. hmm.
1: Right. And uh, did Nar- Ken, did Narissa have any scenes with, with Seven prior to the finale? I don't think so, right?
5: No. The only, I mean, the closest they came to interacting was when Seven was like the mini board queen and settle the xbs after narissa right which honestly she went down under like a pile of xbs and i really thought she was going to come back you know partially assimilated or something that would have been a cool touch yeah especially because like the the promotional photos that cbs put out before the episode you can only see one side of narissa's face in every photo Uh. yeah they were like hiding you know like an implant or something (laughs) on the other side
1: we're thinking way more about it than they are.
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they really need to run these scripts by us first. I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny. So, uh... well, to the
2: to the point about subverting expectations. Well, that I mean, obviously, that's the goal for for writing these shows or any show. I why have the Borg involved, like a whole cube full? and have them primed to do their thing just to have them sucked out into space. And why announce that the Borg cube is coming in like the Calvary in a very like exciting, you know, enterprise sweeping in to take that shot for Defiant from first contact, you know, in that sort of Calvary way and not let the Calvary do its thing. And then like, like give it a small victory and then right. have, like, the space orchid come and hit it or take it. Like, it's just, it, 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 because nothing of like necessary narrative substance occurs with the presence of the Borg, in terms of pushing forward like the the main narrative. Like you have to ask, like do do we need them, or is this story was it able to I... sustain them? Was there enough here? Sustain what they had.
5: Yeah, because I mean, even like Seven's, like I don't know if I'm going to come back after she plugs into the cube, and it was no problem, right? I I think,
2: yeah, yeah, and that that's such a huge moment when she becomes a Borg Queen, and I I understand the show's called Star Trek: Picard, and we have to service his character and his plot. It's just that's such a huge moment. I I would have minded, you know, spending more time with that or at least having it addressed what that means yeah, for honestly her.
5: I, I think really the only reason the borg were even in the season aside from whatever they might have planned for jerry ryan next season since i guess she's sticking around um was probably to have you know put it on picard's checklist of like unfinished business before he can move on with his life Yeah, You know, the guilt over data, Mm -hmm. whatever with Starfleet, you know, the Borg in his past, you know, his broken brain or whatever, you know, get all that stuff off the table so he can be a whole new person, you know, upstairs and (laughs) the rest of his body for whatever's next. But no, I don't think it needed to be part of the full season. If it was like a two two episode thing where, hey, there's this old Borg cube that people are studying. We need to go there for some reason that would have been the same, uh, you know, level of impact probably.
2: I was, I was more, I don't, invested is not the right word, but I was more connected to that side of Picard's life and how that was going to, how, you know, the manifestation of the Borg was going to affect his future than I was with saving the synthetics. And that could just be me.
5: No, I, I I'm kinda I kinda agree with you. And that, that that really nice moment where Hugh was like wondering, oh, maybe a Picard who will, you know, try to, you know, be be voices for the, the ex Borg to the galaxy, wouldn't that be something? I thought that was like mm-hmm. the best part of that that his 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 interaction with the Borg stuff. And then they killed Hugh right. and, you know, Seven said I'm out. So I don't know. <laughs> it I mean the uh Seven's
2: dispatching Marissa we we did get that like a really cool like, dramatically speaking scene a, a cool scene with her and Rios
5: oh where they talking there, were about sharing the spoiled orange juice or whatever they were drinking
2: <laughs> yeah i i really dug that little beat and i also liked the little beat where Elnor just breaks down crying in Rafi's arms after uh Picard has died. I, I, I like that little beat. Uh, Goldsman told me they shot more of that. Like it was, there was some, supposed to be a lot more dialogue there, but ultimately it, you just needed to see him break down. That's all you needed.
1: Yeah. That that was great. I, I like that character a lot and they didn't, they, he was underutilized, I think. Uh, he's very understated. Yeah. I think that, I think that was, that's when he's at his best is when you see that he's just a kid and, uh, well, yeah, everybody
5: Isn't... else lost something physical or somebody personal. He, I guess, lost his innocence through everything, I guess you could say, right? No. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Oh, what about the Seven Rafi moment at the end there?
2: That was uh, ad-libbed on set by the two actors. They just were talking about it and they just kind of did it. And they kept it in there. Yeah. And uh, Chabon told me, and Golden told me that, you know they wish they could have spent more time like developing that or showing more there um but that was just something they kept in and uh Chabon, you know he emphasized that that's just a brand new relationship they're they're not together that's you see them the way we do they just were just talking and that happened and uh that'll be something that they will definitely uh in some way address for Rafi in season two.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Shayban talks a little bit about it in my chat with him as well. What, what did you, did you guys like it? Do you think, I mean, to me, it seemed a little out of nowhere. Uh, I, I mean, I like, you know, I, I like both of the characters, so I'm interested to see where it goes, but I was definitely s- surprised by it. It felt like it kind of came out of nowhere.
4: It,
2: I, I felt that way too. And Chabon told me if you go back into the season and rewatch it uh, during the the Free Cloud heist episode, there's a little beat there when yeah. Rafi handcuffs Seven or is getting her ready to you know break out of her cuffs or whatever. Um, there's a moment that passes between the two of them, some sort of physical moment that justifies that moment at the end.
1: Right, yeah, that's what he told he. You and I had the same interview, I guess, but he told me that as well.
2: Oh, he told you that too. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll hear that. Uh, we'll we'll hear that again later when we get to Cheban.
2: Sh- well, third time's the charm.
1: <laughs> right.
2: So, the campfire scene, where they're all around there, all that, like the Romulan version of the keymaster uh, gatekeeper stuff like Gozer gazarian type t- what was going on there. I just, I, there was just so much, uh, Romulan ancient names being bandied about. I, I, it was very hard, hard to keep up. And then at the end of that scene, it's just, yeah. So all of that, it sounds terrible.
5: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That really was a big, like Vigo, the, uh, uh, Vigo the uh, Cartherian or whatever they was from Ghostbusters yeah, 2, right? Yeah. <laughs> it
2: was, that was just so. I, I've never seen that. Like, I. Like, why? Okay.
1: I like the idea of, you know, mythology existing in these other cultures. Uh, so I thought that was cool, but it is a big step to take to really believe in it. The, you know, on the, the level that they seem right. to believe, uh, I, I thought. I actually thought Narik I, I like. I was actually into Narik more this too. week than usual. Uh, well, we called his
2: arc, his redemption arc.
1: Yeah, it was not not a surprise, I guess. Right, like that he was going to wind up teaming up with the good guys, or ha- you know, turning right. to help on some level. Um, but then he just kind of complete. He just completely disappears about two-thirds into the episode, doesn't he?
5: Yeah, the last time we see him is when he, like, uh, got tackled by some of the synths when they were doing their soccer ball bomb attack. And, right. um, uh, you know, that's another thing where Shaban you know, addressed that question on his Instagram sort of fan question and answer page where um, he, he, he was like, yeah, yeah, we know. It was a victim of editing, I guess, another thing that just didn't quite make the cut. Hmm. Um, apparently, the implication was supposedly he was going to end up in Starfleet or Federation custody, according to what Shabon said. But you know, when when Riker and everybody kind of left town, they didn't leave any ships behind. So I'm not quite sure how that worked.
1: Yeah, you would have thought they would have left a couple of ships. And
2: a couple, <laughs> just a few. Also, yeah. I, I love those space orchids. I, I love yeah, seeing them yeah, in they, action. They were
5: really, they were really, really gorgeous uh, graphic stuff there.
2: Yeah, that was some ILM level effects there.
1: Yeah, I like that idea too of those things. I mm-hmm. think that was pretty pretty cool. Uh, oh, Commodore. Oh, she. I, I I think I would have thought she would have gone on a suicide mission if she needed to to complete the destruction of the androids. Like she seemed to back off pretty easily, all things considered. Like I
5: thought mm-hmm. they were like
1: religious fundamentalists, practically in their devotion to the the mission to wipe out the synths. Didn't don't you guys think she kind of she kind of ceded control
5: of the planet pretty easily yeah or at least given some kind of try to to get past yeah yeah or had a secret plan b or something like that going on
1: right yeah yeah she was just kind of like all right i'm out and then also there should be hell to pay back at starfleet command (laughs) about the fact that this spy was able to uh rise through the ranks the way the way she did yeah i was
2: gonna say that should have been devastating and made a priority to address. I love that Riker gives her address down, but you have to deal with that.
5: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't just, like, change everybody's passwords and go back to work, you know. Right. <laughs> also, also yeah,
2: go ahead. And can't be the only ones in there, right?
1: Right. Yeah, there must be others. Yeah. So, did, wasn't it, wasn't it the case that in the season finale of Next Gen Season 1, the Romulans f- reappeared after having been gone for, like, 80 years or something. We yeah. had never seen any Romulans. So not that this necessarily contradicts that, because no one knew she was a Romulan, but for her to reach the level of head of Starfleet security at Starfleet Academy, she must've been in Starfleet for decades to reach that level. Right. That's
2: what they said that she was in there for a
1: long time. So she like, she, she, it's possible that she predates that episode the new it's called the neutral zone i think uh
5: right and i think i got a little bit about how that worked when they were doing their whole uh recap of the season's plot around the uh the the dining table a couple weeks ago okay um because i think rafi says something about oh you know data shows up 35 years ago or whatever they found him on that planet and they you know the romulans freaked out when they heard about it and send oh into Barry into starfleet so it, I mean that would be enough time potentially if
1: right. Okay, yeah, and then what? Also, like the if you go back, I mean, I guess the original series you're going back another eighty years though, so it doesn't really apply. But I was going to say that the Romulans and the Vulcans had not even seen each other for centuries or something, right? Prior to
5: right prior to right. the. Yeah, I think the history is like, you know, 2000 years ago or something is when the Romulans left Vulcan after the right. war or something like that. Right. Actually, Nyric
1: he did met, he did refer to the fact that they originated on Vulcan, I think, in this episode.
5: Yeah, I remember him mentioning something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting because like they like the the people doing Picard are def, definitely have the like they're not they don't play willy-nilly with the continuity the way Discovery no. Maybe does like they exactly. they have they know what's going on in terms of the continuity and so i think ultimately the stuff can piece together even if it seems jarring at times uh it's not it's not like it's not like oh we have to fix it in like you fix it in post or something it's like the stuff all does actually make sense actually if you sit down and map it out i think
5: um but yeah you're right with discovery they just kind of if they need something they just kind of run a search and whatever they hit that i feel lucky button on google that used to be there and that's what they use in the script sometimes or on graphic design whether it's light or not
1: yeah i remember you saying that they had like um like Pike, some of Pike's like commendations were like medical awards or something. Oh
5: yeah. From when he shows up in the the season two finale and throws all his like his service awards. There's a award that only Cardassians get. There's one that (laughs) was like, uh, the award that Jake Sisko was going off for as a writer one year. (laughs) Like they just hit the awards page and like, you know, copy and paste the table of contents. (laughs)
1: Uh, all right, what else about this episode did we want to hit?
5: Oh, well, it was, before we leave off, oh, I thought it was pretty interesting that they have not only one, but five programs to destroy planets. It was Planetary Destruction Code 5 or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I missed that one. Yeah, I didn't catch that. <laughs> they got a lot of options. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, the um, the the advanced ancient artificial intelligence race coming through the the portal. Oh, yeah.
5: Wait, what?
2: Okay, the you mean like the Avengers, the first Avengers movie ending?
1: (laughs) I was thinking the Fantastic Four remake ending, but yeah, we can go with it. (laughs) What
2: were those tentacles? I just got a vibe that, I got like an AI vibe from Discovery.
1: With lucky landslots, you can get
3: lucky just about anywhere.
4: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)
3: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Yeah, I thought they were like calling the red angel for for rescue there at the end with that big red beam into the sky. Oh, right. Yeah. It was like, just like make your VFX purple or something. Just a little bit (laughs) different, guys.
1: Right. Yeah it did seem reminiscent of control too in some ways
5: oh yeah that episode where they they had that like the all the snakes or whatever cha- all, yeah. all over the shuttle
1: yeah i mean it's not the same design but it was it was you know it kind of reminded me of that and i think that was one of the fan theories going around was that this was going to tie back to control and mm-hmm. another fan theory was that soji was going to turn out to be the borg queen and this was going to actually be the somehow be the origin of the borg or something which is like That's the same fan theory that they had about Control on Discovery last season. So um, I'm glad none of that stuff panned out anyway.
5: Yeah, definitely. That would have been a little too close for comfort.
1: So uh, did we want to talk about um, Agnes? Did we we hit on Agnes yet?
5: Uh, Well, not really. I mean, I guess everybody's cool with her sticking around now
1: yeah so that yeah it's like there's a there's a few different people or at least a couple of people who are murderers on la serena right like agnes killed maddox um seven killed that the woman who um, you know had killed Icheb, right mm-hmm. and we were told that like if if seven had if seven had done that that they would be getting hunted for it or something weren't wasn't that the implication that
5: no, you you remember you remember right, but uh, like Rios was like, oh, the old man and the kid will never make it out here, uh, right? But you right. know that that was like six six weeks ago, so that's old. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. But, but uh, with Girardi, you're right. I mean, they don't even really go through the whole whoa, you know, you weren't yourself thing. She's like even mm-hmm. she's like happy she's being a better spy when she tries whoa. to rescue Picard. <laughs> right. it's like, Come on, guys, you gotta. <laughs> do something here
1: <laughs> and by the end they're all assembled and they are the um the you know they are a team now i think it's i think seven of nine will definitely be a main cast member next season right like she like
5: yeah i can see that i mean you know maybe it'll be just you know special guest star every couple episodes like michelle Yeoh is on discovery oh yeah that's true uh, could be she might not want to be contractually tied down for being available the whole season depending on what else jerry ryan has going on i guess uh, right. But, you know, yeah. it seems like she should definitely have a larger role.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I guess it remains to be seen, but I'm sure we'll see some other um, uh, some other next gen people pop up next year. They're, they're going to ration them out over a few seasons, probably.
5: Yeah. I, I still have some friends who are very concerned about where Beverly Crusher is. <laughs> yeah.
1: People and, think Beverly's dead, right? <laughs>
5: well, you know, the whole season, she's the she's the only character from next gen who'd even get a, a name drop. That's they true. Said, they, they said Jordy and Warp's name along the way.
1: That's true. Home. Yeah. No, they didn't mention Wesley either. Yeah.
5: But like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's on the after show. He, he's covered.
1: Um. So uh, okay, and then the l- let's just real quick touch on our, our thoughts on the season. Uh, true. Ken, what did you think of the season overall?
5: Um, I think that. Uh, well, you know, I, I think it despite some of the Rocky things that we've kind of talked about, I think probably it turned out better than it could have Yeah, just with the stakes and the, all the weight of, you know, Patrick Stewart coming back and everything that's tied to that. I mean, it could have been just really awful, which would have been bad news for everybody. Um, but you know, I, you know, if I had to put a number on it, maybe, you know, six and a half or seven out of 10, I think there's probably, like I said, um, some production lessons that are hopefully gonna be taken to heart and carried over to next season yeah um, and and I think with the new showrunner they have coming in uh, Terry Metalis, who's who really did a great job with the twelve monkeys TV show uh, it was a really really tight four seasons that definitely had you know planning behind it I think he's probably gonna bring some of that skill with him so uh, you know I I it's not where I expected the show to go but um, I think I'm you know I'm not I feel better about this season than I did after the first season of discovery. I'll put it that way. Mm,
1: interesting. Oh, okay. Hmm. See, I think I, uh, I think I prefer discovery. Actually, I was down with, uh, discovery season as choppy and weird as discovery can be at times. Uh, for some reason, I, I felt like it just came together more for me, hmm. uh, than this one did. So you, you were not a big, huge fan of disco season one.
5: Um, well, you know, I, I stuck with it, and I, you know, I, I watched along the way. I, I didn't really find anything in the first season that that really made me want to go back and rewatch the first season. Right. Like, you know, okay. the best episodes or the best stories do. Sure. Um, you know, I thought season two of Discovery was a lot more compelling, despite the, you know, kind of traffic uh, redirects along the way with the change in showrunners and everything. But yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah you know, I I don't know I mean this this is probably a thing that you know I thought with this season if I had to spell it out it probably felt like it both had too many episodes and too few episodes at the same time
1: yeah that's a good way to put it yeah what about you Phil what do you think of the season
2: I I still think the best first season of any Trek is the original series hmm. and yeah I, I not
1: next generation
2: not next gen no. <laughs> Um, okay. I, I, there's a lot of, uh, great moments in this first season, a lot of good, uh, character beats and a lot of well done, uh, fan fiction kind of feeling moments. I mean, the, it's, it's mm-hmm. just, I mean, to be able to play with these characters from a fan place, it, part, parts of it are going to feel in a way that it's coming from fan fiction, but it's like the most right. talented writer doing it and, in, in Michael Rabon. Right. And you have like the best actors uh, doing it in the form of, you know, this cast and Patrick Stewart, particularly I, you know, I wanted to love all of it. Uh, some things I bumped into and uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah, someone on Twitter, uh, I, he, he's a, his handle is bitter script reader. Um, Oh yeah. He, oh, yeah.
5: Yeah. He's
2: great. He pointed out, uh, kind of astutely and, and very well articulated, um, that, you know, maybe the, the way this season unfolded and felt that the story did not fully service this length of, of episodes. You know, right. Maybe yeah. it could have wrapped up and gone in a different direction or done X and done Y, you know. Um, and I, I think there's some validity to that. And you can tell when you're watching the show um, how adaptive the writers were to, you know, whatever they had to change the service, the story as it was evolving. And I, my, my, I bumped into Picard behaving in ways that seemed un-Picard. To me,
5: yeah. Um, yeah. Like uh, yeah, even even with the growing older, just still, it seemed like yeah. some really weird moments.
2: Yeah, you know, clapping after Rafi is stumbling away drunk of succeeding to get him access to the cube. That was an odd choice for me. Um, he, him sitting down in the chair just so that the show can have a joke at an old man's expense, and because he didn't know how to
1: <laughs> fly between. You know, <laughs> that really bothered you, Phil.
2: Yeah, it did. It, it really did. I.
1: But it may, he made up for it this week, though, when he was yes, like, "Let me see was, if I."
2: And that was cool,
1: right? Yeah.
2: And I love that you know the callback to the Picard maneuver, uh, getting an upgrade. That was cool. Um, I,
5: I. I like that Girardi got it wrong, and he's like, "No, you idiot! It was on the Stargazer." <laughs> yeah, I, I like that
2: too. That was cool. And uh, also, we we didn't talk about how when it, they added that Picard served on the Reliant at some point. Obviously not the Reliant oh. from Wrath of Khan.
5: but I can explain that one. I can explain that one away. Oh. that uh, If you have seen the season two Next Generation Blu-rays, there's an extended version of The Measure of a Man uh, with like 20 minutes of extra footage. Um, if anyone, if any, if you guys or anyone listening saw Measure for men Man when they were doing those Next Generation theatrical screenings a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the version they showed there. Right, right. And in that extended version, there is a scene where he's talking with the Admiral who's kind of overseeing the whole Maddox situation, mm-hmm. where um, they mentioned to each other that the last time they had seen each other was when they were serving together on, quote, the old Reliance, when Picard was an ensign. Oh wow. oh wow! So so that's where that comes from. Oh wow, so that's a deep, deep, deep cut. Crap! I it really I, is. Oh, should I put yeah. that
2: in my Hollywood Reporter article? That's pretty good.
5: Yeah, I've got the scene out on Twitter someplace. I'll find it and send you guys the link. Yeah, a
1: lot of that stuff's probably coming from Kristen Beyer right? Like she's she's probably the keeper of the continuity. I wish we could there. talk
2: with her at some point because she is such a talented writer.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. uh all right, cool. Well, maybe it's time for us to uh, beam in Michael Shabon and then we'll come back here and do a red shirt of the week. Let's do it. Let's bring in Michael first. Hi, Scott. How you doing? Great. Hey, Michael. How you doing? Good. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. Wow. <laughs> 10 weeks. Who, who <laughs> could imagine? Uh, let's start at the very end, what, and then and we'll kind of okay. work our way back if you don't mind. Um, okay, sure. So uh, the idea of killing data is really interesting. It's so emotional. Uh, I feel like in a way, a lot of people were probably expecting data to actually come back by the last episode. Uh, and I Mm -hmm. think, I think it's interesting and and brave that you guys didn't go that way. Can you talk a little bit just about your thinking on that? What, you know, did you ever consider bringing him back or was this always the plan? Um, you know, I don't think I, first of all, I'm
0: pretty sure that Brent made it clear from the beginning that he didn't want to. That if data was going to come back. He he didn't want to come back to play data in any uh, pre pre established or, or or familiar way. That it, 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 similar in a way to um, you know things Patrick had said to us from the beginning um, about not wanting to do Jean Luc Picard again, right? Except in some way that we hadn't seen before, and I I, I feel. I, pretty sure Brent had made such feelings clear too that, that that you know if he was gonna play data it was going to be in you know first we see him in dream, two dreams, um and now we see him in this virtual form. So um you know I, I think that may initially have just been sort of a given of the situation. Okay. In terms of cast casting. Brent, Brent. Okay. Um but um you know in terms of what we did with him. I mean, I suppose you could imagine scenarios where, I don't know, he became sort of a, a holo like like the doctor on Voyager or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that, I don't know, maybe that would have interested Brent. I don't know. But we just, um, from them, we understood from pretty early on in breaking the story that, um, you know, in some way it was going to culminate with an encounter between card and data but that that encounter was going to be constrained um by what was also pretty quickly emerged as this idea that it was only going to be possible in a kind of in a sort of stimulation
5: okay. so that data
0: really is dead That data did die i think but i guess what i'm what i'm remembering as a directive or as a kind of guideline from brent was that he didn't want us to unkill data the data shouldn't be undead sure that he that he that he died, and he really died, and he's gonna stay dead, and don't try to undo that. Sure. Um, uh, it, so you know, uh, we had a pretty clear sense from the beginning it was going to be this some version of what you actually see okay. in the last
1: episode. And it, it makes sense, I guess, because Brent uh, Brent wrote this co-wrote the story on Nemesis as well. So in a way, that was yeah. I'm assuming that's you know, killing Data was you know. Important to him on some level, so
0: yes, yes. Um, I mean, that may well be. I don't know that for sure, but I would yeah,
1: not be at it. Yeah, it's interesting too because it seems like, um, in a way, Picard finally letting Data go, helping Data to go. I guess uh, tracks with Picard's own arc in that he he's really sh- struggled with this guilt for for twenty years or whatever it's been, and he's finally able to kind of see some closure uh in that conversation that he has with data so it, it really works so well uh i guess I, to keep with the, the theme of death for a minute what did you ever consider actually killing picard off? like like from where from where i'm sitting we only knew that this was going to be a one season show originally um and uh-huh. then eventually we got the word that you yeah there would be a season two and all but did was there ever uh, the consideration that that this would have been like a one and done and that and that Patrick's character would have also died in the end?
0: No no not there really wasn't. I mean I think from although it wasn't announced until fairly well along in the process yeah. um you know uh for for no doubt really sound reasons of um marketing and publicity and everything um sure. uh we knew from I mean Pat, Patrick we we knew we all we've always known we had Patrick for at least two seasons so okay. Okay. Um, there was it was always going to be a second season with Patrick playing Jonas Picard okay um, so no that was never that, it was not like we were partway through and suddenly we were like oh shit we can't we can't kill him because right. he's coming back we we knew we had him for two to start okay. from the start.
3: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Avoid or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
1: this season turned out to be to Nemesis, uh but you know, because it's a it's not considered one of the best Star Trek movies. You know, it was kind of had a mixed reception yeah. back in the day. Yes, uh,
0: what, and the and I know the cast has kind of mixed feelings about.
1: They do, yeah,
0: about, uh, uh know, I, about it and about making
1: it. Yes, there was I think there were some problems on the set with the director. I actually yes. did the press junket. F- I've been doing this for so long. I did the press junket for Nemesis um, early oh, wow. early in my career. Now you're old too. <laughs> Yeah, We're on the same wavelength here in terms of age (laughs) Uh, So it was was Early in my career but I did that junket And uh, it was even then I felt like the vibe was weird and then you heard Stories that came out of it years later But how how did it turn out I mean like is it just but was it just the nature Of continuing the story that you kind of Would have picked up from Nemesis or Was it more of an intent Yes
0: yes no it's very much a practical Thing like you know when you're sitting Down to create the rest of Jean Luc Picard's life, but there's this, you know, twenty plus year gap, I'll call it a twenty year gap since the last time you saw him. Yeah. And the last time that you saw him was um Nemesis. That's it. <laughs> you, right. You know, that was a that that was one we had two sort of jumping off points. One of them was the series finale. Um but and and, and that was more of a more of a thematic jumping off point, I would say. Um, in terms of like, I mean, there are some plot, there was some plot stuff there with the Eremontic syndrome and yeah. Um, and this possible alternate um, future where he retires to a vineyard, you know, so we picked up some storytelling elements from that. And, you know, it's a natural storytelling um, yeah. thing is to want to go, look at, like, where, where did we leave off? Where, where do we last join our character? So, you know, um, but, um, the the series finale was one and then there was nemesis and sure. so we just we kind of those were our givens and yeah. so we took them sure and yeah. um cuz that's what you do with givens and you know we had a little bit of sort of um ultimately a certain amount of picking up where uh, voyager ended um yep. just mm-hmm. in terms of um seven but uh you know and the, the State of the board that we last heard about at the end of that. It was sort of the last update we got about the board. But, um, uh, you know, that that was a lesser starting place for us. But still, um, yeah, it wasn't like a. I didn't intentionally want to do like a tribute to our favorite Star Trek movie of all time. I don't, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't think anybody really felt that way about it. <laughs> okay. <I don't> <laughs>
1: So, uh, there may be a
0: lot of disagreement among us about what the favorite Star Trek movie is. I think we each had definitely had a different and our own favorite Star Trek feature, but, um, but I don't think anybody's was Nemesis.
1: No, probably not. What's yours? Uh you know,
0: I, I, I kind of—I I mean, I know the of Khan has a lot of partisans, and I definitely enjoy that movie a lot, and I've seen it many times. But I kind of—I kind I love Void Home. I have to yeah. say,
4: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, No, it's really—it's the most. To me, it's the one that's most like the origin television series that you know that that prompted it. um, Yeah. It's the. It feels like it could be an extended episode of TLS Yeah. um, Which is, I guess, what I like about it. Um, uh, You know what? I'm also really, really fond of the 2009 um, the JJ. Yeah. The first JJ film, I, you know, it really it it got me excited about the possibility of making new Star Trek. Not that I would be making it, but that one could make, you know, Star Trek in this time, in this or in that time, in that day and age. Um, back in 2000, 2009, and just you know, just thinking, wow, Star Trek still works. It it's working in a different way, but um, I really enjoyed it.
1: Right, yeah, and uh, obviously that's a you know m- mentality that you had to bring to this show as well, is to uh, figuring out a way to do, the do Star Trek, but in a modern sense. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, you're not trying to, you know, I don't, I, I think it's deadly and and a mistake. Although it probably would make there's people that it would make happy and 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 they're out there and they're vocal. But you know, you're not trying to um, uh, make a, a new Fake Picasso to hang on the wall of a museum, right? Um, you know, you're you're not just trying to sort of do a note perfect reproduction kind of pastiche, because um, ultimately that's what it would be. It would be pastiche, and um, you know, I mean, there's you can do that if you want, um, and um, you know, to me that's uh, that's what Orville the Orville is, and I can see why people would enjoy it, um, yeah. because it does. Um, kind of, a, it is that pastiche that sort of note perfect. Well, I wouldn't say perfect, but it is a pastiche. It does try to reproduce something um, that you know already exists and has its parameters.
1: Um, right. Yeah.
4: You
0: no, know, I, I just don't. That doesn't sound very fun to me to, as someone who tries to make things to sure. try to do that. Yeah.
1: So, so having said that, how difficult was it to, you know, fight the impulse to go to a next generation place at times. Like obviously like we eventually get to the Riker Troy episode, but you you know, for the most part you, we don't, you don't go to that. Well, like, did you find yourself having to, you know, push against that impulse or even like when seven of nine shows up, like she mentions the Voyager, but like, it's not like she's telling, you know, she's not giving us an update on where d- Captain Janeway is or anything like that. Like, <laughs> no, I know, I you know, know like, I know, I know. Which, it must have been a real fine line that you had to walk, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, I will say, like, we we resisted, you know, we had that impulse, you know, it, that's a fan's impulse. Yeah. And we're fans. Mm-hmm. So we had that impulse every five minutes. Right. I mean, you know, they're they're and in discussing anytime we reach the question of like and then what happens or who and who do they go to or who helps them or who hinders them or who or what's the next stop or who turns out to be this or that or the other thing you know the answer in in any kind of group discussion that we had especially in in the earliest in iteration of the group when it was at its smallest and we were all just rabid star trek fans you know somebody was guaranteed to say you know, it's Geordi, it's the Doctor from <laughs> right. Voyager, it's, it's Cisco, it's Cisco, right. it's Jake Cisco, it's, you know, whoever. <laughs> like, yes, that that was that that was
4: constant.
0: It's inevitable. Yeah. Um, but um, and and it's totally understandable. And even if even if I didn't think it was um, an impulse that you needed to to question and to, to struggle against and to to, to sort of, um, you know, uh, when you have that impulse, hold it up and and really weigh it and really judge it and ask yourself, you know, is that actually, is that just the, the quote-unquote coolest answer or the most fun answer, uh, or is it actually the best answer? Right. Um, and, and is it, even if, you know, I do think that is valuable, I do think that's important, and that is what we did, and, and we did it both out of our own instincts You know, as experienced um, makers of things, but also with a clear mandate, um, Patrick Stewart, to avoid, you know, just doing that kind of um, cool, quote unquote, cool, fun thing and really um, try to make something that felt really different. But even putting all of that aside, um, just there's also just on a practical level, um, in terms of production. Um, in terms of casting, for example, it just some, it would be impossible. Like it, you could you couldn't make the the show that would like sort of fulfill every um, every fan of every series that would make you know that would fulfill the needs not just of TNG fans but of Voyager fans and Deep Space Nine fans. Um, it, it would be impossible to schedule it would be impossible to it would the budget would be impossible there'd yeah. be so there are so many reasons why you can't make that show on a practical basis there there and you'd always be compromising you'd always be leading people out and therefore you'd end up with something that would you know still be disappointing to some <laughs> right. people right who didn't get to see you know the return of odo or whatever so Ooh, right um you uh there's a I mean, and it's weird, it struck, it took me a little while to figure this out over the course of, since the first episode dropped, of, you know, this, this, um there's not just the desire I've seen expressed, like, I wish they would bring back this, or like, let's say Janeway, that's been a frequent one, like, I wish they'd bring back Janeway, right? when are we going to hear about Janeway, or Beverly Crusher, that's another one. Right. And, um, you know, I, I like I said I understood the impulse behind it as a fan, but I, but sometimes it would surprise me the sort of almost I would say like confidence with which it was sort of proposed that you could do such a thing right. um, as as if it were just that easy. Right. And but then I but then I realized like actually I I, I kind of see where it's coming from because in the world of the of the novels of which there have been so many for, based on every series uh, that's that is exactly what happens yeah like that's part of what the novels do is they cross characters over from one key sure. series to another even if it involves time travel or alternate realities and mm-hmm. and um you get that kind of gratification regularly and routinely um in the in the licensed novels so um and certainly in fan fiction as well so you know I, I, at some point i was like oh okay i see because it is that easy in a book right um it doesn't cost anything there's no scheduling issues right. no, like when i think about we 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 broke our brains we we killed ourselves this season contorting our shooting schedule and our writing schedule and everything so that we could have marina um in the very limited window of her availability because she was doing a play. She was doing a play in London and, uh, you know, and we could only have her, we, we had to shoot the episode in a particular block that had already been scheduled, but she wasn't available. So we had to switch swap parts of the block around so we Uh, could fit her. And it was, it was so complicated. And we, of course we, we were absolutely 100% committed to doing it. We really wanted Riker and Troy and not only that, but they were already built in. We, this, you know the script script was planned and being written and so you know we had to have her we wanted to have her we did everything possible to get her including things that just you know almost drove us out of our minds and she is fantastic and that episode came out well and i'm so glad we did it but just to do that one just to get that one um legacy cast member um was such a pain right you know just yeah you know, and that's just not a consideration yeah. at all in the it's world not, of the novel you can just write anybody in that you want to
1: right exactly yeah you just you could put put the whole cast on one page uh well so i guess i wanted did want to ask you about that episode because it is such a i mean it's it was such a wonderful episode i think for me it was a highlight of the season and uh Thanks for was, me too yeah i mean and i'm sure it must have been very challenging for you to very daunting, I suppose, to, to take on that, that mission. Well, am I right in in thinking that?
0: Well, in a way, but, but, but I think, um, I don't know that one, that one came with surprising ease when it actually came time to sit down and, and write it. Um, I think maybe just, uh, it was always meant to be a kind of a respite episode, a pause, um, a chance for Picard to uh, recharge. Um, You know, that fed that notion fed into the nature of the the planet itself and what it is known for. And which in turn led to the story element of, of, of the Rikers, the Riker Troy family having lost a kid and uh, that's why they're there. And, and so, um, I, you know, and, it, and in the middle of a long production and shooting season um, that was, you know, in many ways as complex as the, as the plot of the series itself, <laughs> um, you know, I think it did just writing it was kind of a, re, a little bit of a respite, sure. too. Um, and I was able to, and that that episode was always planned to have to, to linger and to have scenes that lingered and. And so I think it was, it was so welcome to get to that, right. to have that opportunity that I think that mitigated what might've been some of the sense of like, awe, sure. Um, of being daunted and, and that you're talking about. And then I think also just the knowledge of how much Patrick, um, and Jonathan, um, were looking forward to it. Um, even though Jonathan was expressing a lot of apprehension and reservation <laughs> about sitting back in front of the camera and getting uh, behind it. Yeah. Um, still I could just feel like I I felt like I was doing, and you know, I didn't meet Marina until she arrived to do her work, but, um, I presume the same was true for for her too, from what I was hearing from everyone else. So, you know, just knowing that you were going to be, I had a sense of anticipation of looking forward to seeing them reunited. That also kind of made it just added to the pleasure of writing that. episode.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, um, I have to ask you about uh, the, the moment at the end, very end of the episode where the, the sort of the team is finally fully assembled and you, they finally feel like a team um, at the end mm-hmm. of the finale. Um, but, and we see Seven is sort of now there as part of the group. But Seven and Rafi kind mm-hmm. of have a moment where it seems yeah. like there's a connection there. Can you speak to I, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not ta- asking you to tell me what's going to happen in season two or anything, but can you speak to their connection at all?
0: Yeah, that's something that really emerged um through a kind of collaboration uh I would say between the writers and the actors. Um that, that um, there were I think um Jerry and Michelle picked up on something that was present in episode 5 in Star City Rag when when um Rafi is um Handcuffing seven, but like fake handcuffing there because it's yes. all part of this elaborate, um, you know, grift they're they're trying to run. So these these handcuffs have been gaffed so that they can be you know easily opened by seven when the time comes.
4: Right.
3: And there was just a there was a. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
4: A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
3: Ah. Uh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase. There was a suggestion
0: of, of a kind of instant connection there, I think, that was on the page that was intended, but in sort of the nature of that connection was maybe left a little open. And they both picked up on it. Um, and it emerged. I felt I could just feel it on the set when they were um, doing the scenes. Like they, it it was something they were clearly, they clearly seized on as a key to that scene for both of them. Um, uh, and so, you know, we didn't have a lot of time in the course of this season for, for love or, (laughs) or, um, for sexual relationships or any kind of romantic relationships really at all. Um, you no, know, there's a there's a kind of connection formed between Rios and Gerardi but um, and I think it's a real there's a real uh, mutual attraction there. But also from um, Gerardis point of view, that night when she comes to Rios, she's just a fucking basket case, and she's just looking for something to make her feel a little bit better. So right. you know, even in that sense, it's not so much an expression of her sexual identity or his, or of a a kind of romantic relationship, even at that point, it's so much as just her, as a kind of impulsive act on her part that he's not unreceptive to in his very um, sort of sweet and uh, uh, understanding way. Um, uh, But, you know, so even though Michelle and Jerry had found this, this um, way into the relationship between those two characters, the, from the moment they first meet. Um, you know, it kind of takes there's just, just they get separated right after that and they're not really reunited again. Right. Until until they're reunited again. So okay. um you no, know, I think I think it's sort of a um uh they're just making steps, they're just taking steps at the end in that last episode toward exploring something that they haven't had a chance to explore so far. Because sure. things have been so
1: crazy. Right. Right. So I have to ask you about Picard's housekeepers. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. They were everyone yeah. loved them so much and then yeah. they disappeared from the show because Picard left Earth. Uh did you anticipate the reaction that they were going to get from fans and um how much does that kind of thing like play into, you know, your consideration of when you're mapping when you guys are mapping out like where the show will go in the future like are are do you hear that Yeah, we didn't. I don't think we had a I
0: mean, we loved them um we we and it was really fun to write for them and um uh you know we we expanded um particularly Laris's role sort of on the fly um as we were as we were writing because she was so awesome yeah um but uh, you know like the the degree to which those characters so quickly became seemingly so beloved was a surprise definitely yeah and um uh uh you know but what's not it's and it's we we have no plans to ignore that enthusiasm
1: let me say that okay <laughs> that's very diplomatically put <laughs> well michael thank you so much for taking the time to talk my here. pleasure i really appreciate Absolutely. it and uh you know hopefully we'll t- we'll talk again sometime soon okay
0: yeah, I hope so too. Right. Thank you. Good thank, talking to
1: you. Thank you so much. All right. So yeah, nice talking to to Michael shaban It's uh it's interesting, you know, this Pulitzer Prize winner who is now a Star Trek writer.
4: I love talking <laughs> he. To you. W-
1: as you said earlier, Ken, he won't be the showrunner in season two. Um, sounds like he'll still be involved, but he um, he's got other TV stuff he's working on, some yeah. adaptations of his own own works, I think, for yeah, Showtime.
5: He, yeah, he's been saying as recently as this week that um, you know he's committed to writing two scripts for next season. Um, okay, so he'll definitely be involved more than some people probably assumed by some of the you know trade reports that are going around. Yeah, um, so I, I don't think he's going to be his influence. I think will still be felt, just not on everything.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's move on to the red shirt of the week.
0: We take this time to remember those who have laid their lives down for Starfleet. This is the Red Shirt of the Week.
2: And our red shirt is uh, Captain Picard himself. I'm sorry, Admiral Picard, retired.
5: (laughs) Excuse me, (laughs) JL. (laughs) Yeah, right.
2: So, uh, someone pointed out in a Collider article that there was a fan theory going around that the opening titles set up that Picard will become this synth biologic combo by the end, uh, that he will be put into a synth a synthetic body.
1: Yeah, I can see it. He's being put to- back together in the opening credits, basically, isn't
2: he? Into, yeah, which thematically, that's brilliant. I never taught that. Um, but so... Picard dies in a a clunkily staged way when he succumbs to <laughs> his syndrome. Um, <laughs> uh, and it comes then, on like,
1: fa- It comes on pretty fast, but he was pretty he was pretty much okay all season, right? Yeah. And then he got, he got then. like a he got like a he passed out last week, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and then this week, it seemed like the movements of the ship would be would set him off, perhaps. Yeah.
5: Right? yeah, he kind of had like a, I guess like a, I don't know, brain aneurysm or something. Compared yeah. to the, the way it was, you know, theoretically expected to be like, you know, an Alzheimer's type condition. Right. Uh, right, Like in all good things. Right, that's but right. They never, yeah. I, but I guess his doctor friend never specifically said it's the same syndrome as that one. No, just, he, he did. It, it would be one that. of several, yeah. he said. But, um, yeah. The, the, the Aromotic Syndrome. Right. At
2: least, yeah. At least Picard is free of that now and he will live his natural uh life's progression but in a new body. And I the, the joke, you know, I could have given me an extra 10 20 years. That's great, that's good. And he's sitting at a table in a brand new body after having died and talk to his friend who's who's dead, and then unplugged his dead friend.
4: <laughs>
2: I pulled the plug on his friend, basically. Yeah. That is, that's a lot of emotion for him to face, and it's kind of addressed with another joke. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not saying you can't have humor and drama. I'm just that felt emotionally dishonest to me.
5: Yeah, his first question was like, uh, "I'm not immortal, right? You, you didn't give me superpowers."
2: <laughs> no, I mean that, that makes sense. I mean, that's a valid. That's a valid question. I, I'm still fuzzy exactly on what that golem is, what it's
3: made of.
1: I mean, is it is it the next like they don't as as is often the case on Picard they don't they don't explain like specifics a lot of the times, uh, so like. I took it to maybe be like a Soji type Android, like yeah, yeah. the Soji yeah. and Dodge seem to be like ne- the next level above all the other androids, right?
5: Um, right, because e- even in the beginning, when they f- when he first went to see Girati, she's like, "Well, we're kind of close to being able to do the biological stuff, but the brain stuff, who knows?" Right,
1: right, yeah. So it almost seems as though it's like the next next generation, <laughs> if you will, of Android. And, and so, and because I guess maybe they don't make him as easily or, or something because Dr. Sung was kind of working on that one for himself, I think the implication was. And then he caught, he was kind enough to give it over to
5: Picard. Right. Uh, yeah. But- Picard like thanks him for his sacrifice or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that was the, end. Yeah, like it was meant for himself.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe Sung could get going on building another one, but so it's the, you do have to wonder though. So has immortal, immortality been achieved now by by the Federation?
5: That's the kind of thing. That's, that's the what kind question. of bugged me. I mean, I, I kind of wish they made a bigger deal of it being really hard to pull off. Um, right. Otherwise, it's another it's another con blood situation. Yeah, I was just
2: gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it does feel like a con blood situation. I wish I had asked Jaybon about that. I forgot. I me too. I totally forgot.
2: I didn't even. Um, it didn't even occur to me. But at least I, yeah. it seems that the plan is to, like as Jaybon told me, and maybe he talked with you guys about this too. Um, they're they're not going to ignore the ramifications of what it means to be in that body coming into. Okay. Oh
5: well, that that's good at least.
2: So okay. I, I just wish it Kind of
5: kind of a big deal, <laughs>
2: yeah, and I, you know those those you know small but important little emotional beats from the fallout of his death that the supporting characters have, I think it would have serviced the character more to have him address that, and on top of the whole I, I think we need to retire characters dying and immediately being brought back from yeah. movies and television. I think that mm-hmm. that that undercuts uh the dramatic stakes.
1: Well, it's weird because you know that there's going to be I mean, I guess maybe some more casual viewers don't know. We know that there's a season 2 coming, but I right. guess maybe maybe regular people aren't as looped in mm-hmm. on that stuff, so they they might actually think Picard's going to die. But yeah, it is. It's 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 the Chewbacca effect, right? That happened with Chewbacca in the. It's the Aiden Colson
2: effect. I I blame Marvel.
1: <laughs> they
2: popularized this uh this trope.
5: Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even if they were gonna say kill him off here and bring him back in season two, you know they still have to. It's one of those things. If people don't know there's gonna be a season two, they gotta make sure people know. But they didn't actually kill Picard, or they won't yeah. come back for season two. Right. I I think the structure of the, the the choice to have that happen kind of forced their hand. Okay, we gotta make sure people aren't gonna leave us after this.
1: Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Uh, also, so does Picard? Is it even actually Picard? Any like, where's Picard? Picard's soul now? Like, did <laughs> does, that's an just,
2: important <laughs> question. Like the the thing that makes him who he is. Did that right? Can, yeah. Can you put a soul into a machine? Or just yeah. consciousness?
5: And maybe that'll be what they're going to talk about in season two. Um, Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I hope so. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Otherwise, it's it's like they kind of hit the iCloud backup restore button, and um, (laughs) all of a sudden, you know, in the the, you know, Picard phone X or whatever you want to call it, (laughs)
1: right? (laughs) And uh, you know, also, I understand why they didn't do this, but I I saw a lot of people asking why didn't they also just give Data a new body since they had him backed up in in the uh, cloud. Uh, which, I mean, I think just you know, the the only real answer is because that's not the story they wanted to tell. They wanted to tell yeah, and, the story about saying goodbye to data. You know, and I think I think it's uh, very poignant that you know
2: data's search to be more human, his endeavor to master humanity, it was not complete until he got a chance to experience the finality of it.
5: Yeah, like, and I'm there's actually reality. there's a really, there's a really good scene actually from um, *Times Arrow*. Remember when Data got his head blown blown yeah. off mm-hmm. in San Francisco? That uh, he actually talks about that specifically. I, I pulled out the scene earlier today. Yeah, um, and Data's like, you know, I've also wondered about my own, my own mortality. It's been theoretically possible I would live forever. It only to me that only reinforces that I am artificial, knowing right. that knowing that my life has a sense of completion. Makes it makes me less different from everyone else, and makes me one step closer to being human.
1: Right? Yeah. 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 Data was a pretty young man when he died, too. Actually. Right. Right. What was What was he? Thirty five years old or something? Ish. Like he, so, uh, and was he was he in that VR for all for the past twenty years? Are we we believed
2: It seems that it seems somehow he got in there or. Shortly after with the whole B4 of it all.
5: Right. Yeah, it was at least, I guess they said, you know, Maddox took it with him when he ran away from Earth, I guess. But Mm. past past that, I mean, it seems like he's been there for a long time. Hopefully it wasn't like, you know, a... uh, dr moriarty situation where he's sitting in the computers going crazy for 10 years
1: it doesn't even have a girlfriend he doesn't even have the countess yeah. what
5: well, uh, well uh ken do you know any any info on where lore was this whole time you know that's the question i think everyone's been asking um you know even people thought Alton soon was somehow like lore reincarnated i think i saw that theory around a yep. lot um, you know, and that's come up a couple times in that, again, that Chabon Instagram question and answer thing. Oh, what does he say? to them, it, I guess that, I mean, what he said is, is not that it was ever included in, you know, where they skipped it or they forgot about it. Just that, I guess, to their understanding, I guess Laura was dead and gone. It didn't matter. I mean, in, oh. he said it, you know, his usual writerly terms but it wasn't really part of it wasn't really part of the story that they needed to deal with yeah hmm. which i mean i yeah i mean data i guess shot and quote killed lore when whatever that was that descent episode but um yeah it, it does seem like they would have at least mentioned him. it you have yeah
2: to mention, yeah
1: hmm. i always assumed lore could just be put right back together so i guess they just interpreted it Differently. Differently, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll Brilliant. have
2: to pour out uh, a little bit of Chateau Picard and some decaf Earl Grey for both of them. Guess, <laughs> as, we, uh, as we close the torpedo lid on this red shirt.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. So, uh, as always, please email us and let us know what you thought. TransporterRoom3 at gmail.com. Talk to us on Facebook. Like us there. Hit me up at Scott Colora on Twitter, hit up Phil, Phil underscore Pirello on Twitter. Ken, where can we find you?
5: Uh, You can find me and the rest of our team. Most of the time on Twitter at TrekCore or at uh, the TrekCore.com website.
1: Awesome. And uh, of course, please review us and subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcast service of choice. Such a pleasure to have you back, Ken. We always enjoy talking to you.
5: Yeah. I'm I'm glad you guys uh, could squeeze me in here before the finale absolutely right? and i have to say you know just one last final thought my, my only disappointment in this season is elnor didn't get to beat that cat he really wanted <laughs> to beat <the> cat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's right maybe there's probably a deleted scene where he met spot too that's what i, I, I hope so to believe.
5: i hope so <laughs>
1: <laughs> i love how he lo- he remembered spot he remembered the thing he remembered most about data was that he had an orange cat of course that's what the kid would remember was That right? cat, right. <laughs> that, that was great
2: well until next time game We'll see you all on Red Island.